0: Welcome to the Collector Gamers podcast. Today is Sunday, December 10th. This is episode 208. I'm Tony. I'm Dennis.
1: Uh we have a lot. We actually do have a lot. We have kinda. we do. Unlike we do. last episode. Um, right, we I mean we have a we have a new pinball game reveal, actually two that we're going to go over. Uh, We have all the results of the Game Awards Mm -hmm. uh, to discuss. Well, not all the results, but all the key highlights. The highlights. And uh, unfortunately, we will have to address the drama surrounding the Twippy Pinball Awards because of reasons. But we will get into that. Before then, what's been going on? Drama.
0: Really? Oh, man. Literally, call it six hours after we recorded the last episode. Mhm. We had a sewer line burst in our basement. Uh, uh you did tell me about this, but that's the last I heard of it. And we rent. Uh so landlord had his guys come and fix everything, but it it took a little while to get everything fixed and cleaned up and uh, the basement area is not used for anything. It's just like storage. Then mm-hmm. we don't even store anything down there. It's basically just uh, uh like the furnace room okay. and stuff. Uh so but it was just, uh, uh, it took a while to get all the repairs done and get everything. I mean, as happens, uh, but still, it was just, it was, it, it was stressful. Mm-hmm. It, it made for a stressful week because we had a lot of other stuff going on that week as well and coming to the holidays and everything. And then, <laughs> uh, <clears throat> I mentioned, I think I mentioned, uh, I had some knee issues acting up when I was on a trip back in October. Right. And they were thinking I might have like a tear in the meniscus or something like that. So for insurance reasons, before I can get MRIs to check stuff, I have to go do, um, x-rays and PT. So I started PT. PT is going pretty well. Uh, the, the pain is getting better overall. But then the other day I was doing my, I did all my PT, my walked out to my car. <laughs> car wouldn't start <laughs> Oh, and my wife was at work and uh my mom was gone uh at uh taking dad to an appointment so all this stuff so i ended up walking from pt to home How which far? wasn't far it's, it wasn't oh, okay. far luckily the pt place is pretty close by it's only a mile or so mm. but uh F- even that um uh, but it was immediately after doing pt right. so i'm i'm walking home with my laptop my work laptop mm. on my on my shoulder after doing pt and my knees are just like i hate you <laughs> <laughs> Got the car running again every uh, all, all that later that evening, but it was just one of those. Cause I'd also, when I parked the place I'd parked, I parked directly under a sign that says no overnight parking violators will be towed. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> so, so I walked home, took some medicine, <laughs> rested for a little while, jumped in my truck, drove my truck back up there, tinkered with the car, got the car to start, took the car home. And had to go back and get the truck later. You didn't walk back for the truck, did you? I did because I'm an (laughs) idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Because my wife wasn't going to get off work for like another half hour. And by that point, it would have been dark. So that's why I wanted Uh, to try and get the car running while it was light and halfway warm. So then I I, I got home and I dropped the car off. And I thought about walking in, going in the house and just waiting for her to come home. And instead, I'm like, meh. I handled it before, and this time I don't have a heavy backpack, pay, so mm. I walked back and I walked back, picked the truck up, and drove home. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I I had a week <laughs> or did. two weeks, wow. I, I had a two week yeah. I mean, that doesn't even touch all the crazy work stuff mm. or, or any of the other interesting, fun things. That's just that's just the little bit of insanity right there. The last two weeks have been special i'm gonna leave them at special how about yourself
1: yeah no i haven't i haven't i don't have anything as exciting as that you know i've been doing the doing the holiday shopping i took i took cyber monday off with my my one floating holiday i had this year so uh to to get that done and you know ordered some parts for the victory pinball machine those finally arrived it uh, took a while because pbr had to find some different substitute parts for a couple of the things i wanted so I haven't done that yet. I I've, I've played basically, other than putting in a little bit of Overwatch Two time, uh, like I normally do. I I got some Starfield play since our last recording. I only have played yesterday. I put I put in some hours, but it, I just hadn't because I get home after there's some project stuff at work. So I get home and I'm just like, oh, wa- I'm just gonna watch TV. I just turned to the TV person. So doing that and. Uh, doing, but also trying to keep up on on the wristwatch content. So, like last weekend, I did my top five watch releases of 2023, mm-hmm. and then yesterday, I did my five worst watch releases of 2023. Most people on the here won't care about that, but I'll I'll have links in the show notes if you want to watch them. You can.
0: Didn't you also do a best collection under? something or other? Uh, As a live stream.
1: Yeah, So every Saturday morning, I live stream and I try and do that pretty consistently. And normally what I do is I talk about watch releases that I didn't do videos on. And most watch releases, I don't do videos on. Sometimes if it's like a big release, I'll do a first thoughts video. That's mostly because the YouTube algorithm likes that and I get good views, but it's easier to do the live stream format because I don't have to edit. And then uh, I have enough that watch in the mornings now that I can interact with the audience because I'll usually have somewhere between 10 and 20 people watching live. So I'm able to use that and, and we can play off of those questions and, and kind of dive more and sometimes it, it deviates, but long story short, Rather than there were more, watch, there, there like every. It's not like pinball. Like every week there are watch releases. But some that's of them what, are. That's what I was some of them is, are super scrub. But right, but it seems but like there's
0: constantly there watch are. releases. And
1: I just didn't care about any of the ones that came out. So you I was didn't just like, like the Oris Pro Pilot. It was fine. GMT, but, but I just didn't want. I just didn't want to do it. So the rose I was like, gold. I just it was like, I just didn't want to do it. So I said, you know what let's do some one of the one of the watch journalists yeah i was gonna say i don't know if i'd describe it as a journalism site it kind of is it's so weird because again kind of like pinball where people get a little critical you know like i do the podcast with zach and some people get annoyed because he sells pinball machines and he's commenting on the hobby right and, which i totally understand you need to go in knowing a person's bias but yes. that said it's exceedingly common in these things and like in watches most of these sites sell either sell watches or they sell something with them like right. straps so and they do collaborations with the businesses i mean there's all this it's it's very interbred however you want to think <laughs> of it so so not all of them but a lot of them so anyway uh, this was one of those things, but they had been doing a, they're based out of Europe. So they'd been doing a, uh, what's the perfect watch collection for 25,000 euro. So uh, yeah, that's why I did the live stream as, so as I went through f- their four things to show like what they picked. And then I did, cause I'm American. I did $25,000, not euros, but right. And I did that. And of course the people who are watching live are like saying, here's what I would get. Like I'd get one, watch. if I had $25,000, I'd get one watch. I just want one watch. I'm like, okay, well we're doing a collection. So we're not. That's the idea. I think
0: twenty five thousand dollars would be a good target for a nice, solid three watch collection.
1: You could do, yeah, you could. I ended up doing four.
0: It would also be a good thing for a nice, solid three hundred watch collection.
1: Depends. I, I would, I would struggle to wear three hundred, so that would be why I would. I would need a I different watch every single day. Sure, you, you need a lot of winders. You do. You do. <laughs> I mean, maybe they just all need to be quartz. I don't know. But what I do know about is we have a pinball segment. We only have a couple of things to go through. We'll start with the optimistic, happy topic, and the one that I think is more interesting to the listeners, and that is new release. You, who would have thought in December? New, all right. I mean, a lot of people probably would have thought it, Tony, because Stern, historically, does reveal a new game in December. But this ain't Stern. This is spooky. Ooh. Anyway, so... They have released two new games using the same layout, kind of like what they did with Ultraman and Halloween. Mm -hmm. But this time it's Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Looney Tunes.
0: Who knew the Texas Chainsaw Massacre would be our happy topic? Mm
1: -hmm. It is,
0: sadly. Hmm. But but we'll get into that in a
1: moment. So unlike with Halloween and Ultraman, I think the main thing to note is these games actually have completely different design teams. So layout aside, they're being helmed by different crews, different rules for both games. See, that's interesting. It is. It's, a, it's an interesting twist up. So Eric Pripke is going to be leading the Looney Tune rules, and then Ben Heck is leading the Texas Chainsaw rules. Also, unlike Halloween and Ultraman, these are balanced in the sense that both runs are 888 units. So it's not, whereas if, if, for those of you that weren't around or don't remember, Halloween was greatly outproduced over Ultraman. Ultraman was a very small run. Uh, so uh, some other little tidbits before we kind of talk about what we think of the games. Uh, Texas Chainsaw has the full 1974 film assets. So they've got, they've got everything. So we're going to get a topless scene in Penwell Machine probably i mean with spooky you could um looney tunes uh has over 20 of the classic episodes or what i believe what they bill as the golden era golden era episodes so they've got those to work with i do have several links in the show notes in fact i have three links in the show notes all the nap arcade thank you jason uh with summary details and breakdowns on both of the titles pricing wise as usual, Spooky does their three-tier models, somewhat akin to how Stern does. That's $8,300 for the Standard Edition, $9,000 for the Bloodsucker Edition, and $9,700 for the Collector's Edition. Because the layouts are the same, it's notable that uh, all games, all, bo- both games use a four-flipper design, uh, have four ramps, uh, feature spinning toys, and feature sort of a physical locking mechanism in the back of the game. I also have two links in the show notes. I got lots of links in the show notes. So many links. I got two links in the show notes just straight down the middle, the video series that Greg Bone and Zach Minnie do because they released two, uh, I think they're both about 20 minute long featurettes with interviews with Spooky about each one's on one of the games. So, there's one for Looney and there's one for Texas. Uh, again because they're different design teams. So, if you want to know more about the games and hear more about like what the thought process is, go and check those out.
0: Yeah, um, I haven't had a chance to watch those. I yet. only
1: got a little ways into Texas, but I got all the way through Looney Tunes. So. Yeah, I, so they're, I haven't they're well had a done, chance yet as yeah, is they, usual. That's pretty uh, that's on. pretty normal not, for them. Uh, let's, not, I, uh, let's not pat them on I, their back too much. I
0: did watch the trailer, just the straight up trailers that Spooky put out. Those were interesting. Uh, but yeah, no, it, it, I did not honestly expect a spooky release for another couple months. Yeah, I mean
1: they they're very consistent in their build speed, mm-hmm. um, and they may be again either gain a little bit out ahead of you know Scooby Doo builds are wrapping up, so let's get ready for the for the next game. So no, I I would have thought that maybe they would have held a little while longer to. Again, like if the plan is to have it at Texas, is Texas going to be the first show? I don't know. Whereas, like with but with Scooby, they got uh they got those games at a show before Texas. It was right. at one show before, so maybe they're kind of trying to do this, and this is their annual cycle, and that's what they want to be on. Yeah, I work. I, I, uh,
0: I can definitely see uh doing that. Uh, I can also see the point. I mean, it's Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It seems like Texas would be the right place to 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 do the the first show as well so in
1: terms of the game and uh i'm not really seeing quote-unquote gameplay like this is very early in the process and it's so hard i don't like walking through like layout on podcast uh because it's it's hard to describe unless well and unless the listener's looking at a photo with us it's it kind of is futile i think but the way i would describe it when i saw the the layout is this is i and the word i used with tony before we started recording Safe, safest. This is Mm -hmm. the safest spooky layout I think I've seen since America's Most Haunted. And when I say safest, I don't mean long ball time safest. I mean, like, I think a lot of people will look at this layout and not be put off by it. Whereas most of the time with spooky, we seem to get some weird upper play field or multiple upper play fields. And there's a lot where you look at it and you're kind of like, it's different. Right. But is it fun? You know, it's just, it's weird. And that level of weirdness may, you know, the uniqueness kind of comes at, in my opinion, a lot of times at the expense of good geometry. Whereas this, I'm not saying this has good geometry because I haven't seen gameplay yet looking at it it looks like it it's it's reasonable like it ain't gonna be weird stuff like where well Halloween is probably the poster child you can't get the ball up the middle ramp the upper play fields aren't any fun other than the butt pretzel shot right which everyone calls the butt pretzel shot because it's the butt pretzel shot like that was the one shot people liked on the game though the the servos lifting the ball up are slow and take forever you know just had all this stuff where it was like this is really unique and not fun right this looks like a safer layout commercially, like people will probably look at this, I think, and go, you know what, that game looks like it's fun.
0: Yeah, we'll test it. We'll just have to see yeah. what it's how it how it actually plays and how it goes in person uh, to see. I do I do like their continuing move of doing multiple uh, using the same layout in multiple machines. I like that uh, uh, because they tend to trend heavy on horror themes, and that's not always the best seller. I think that's a good move for them. Uh I like this having two separate teams so that they the games aren't just a re-art acided version of each other as if they're going to have actual different rules and such. Uh I think that's a good move on their part. I think everything about this is a solid move on their part as long as the game is fun to play. Okay. Uh the I think it makes, I agree
1: with you that it makes sense to do the two layouts given their decision to run with a horror theme on one of them. I personally think that Spooky long term would best serve itself abandoning doing horror themes. I know that's like, but that's, it was formed to be a horror company. Yeah, I, I know that, but that was the wrong decision. And, and I like horror. And I know there are a lot of of diehards who love that spooky is dedicated to continuing to do horror themes, but even all the way back into the nineties horror doesn't sell well. It never has on, on pinball. It's not, it's just not, it's just not commercially safe enough. And now that we're not talking arcades, we're talking things that end up in people's homes. It's kind of like certain music pins where, well, like, what was the biggest problem with Iron Maiden? It's not the layout; it's the theme. A lot of people just hate Iron Maiden's iconer, you know, like the, their icons, their their graphic style, their choice. Uh, but even more hate their music. So, in this regard, when you do like safe horror, like Scooby Doo, it's one thing. When you do Rob Zombie and Texas Chainsaw Massacre, it's another thing. Right. So, especially since I believe. Yeah. With the Texas Chainsaw game and the rule set, you're playing as the killers. Oh geez. I believe that's the approach they are taking. That's so. even yeah. I mean, it's bold it's a bold move. It's a Cotton. bold that's and, bold. And, and and like from the art, like from the artiste perspective, I respect it. Commercially, it's not right. the right it's not the right answer. They could probably sell I mean, are they gonna sell out of these games? Let me ask yes. you that. You think so? I think
0: so. Even in today's market. I don't think it's an insta sellout. I think it'll take longer, but I still think they'll end up selling out. I guarantee the Looney Tunes will sell out. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I think will probably take longer. But again, it is kind of we're talking on a horror theme, but it's even more of a like cult horror theme and an older horror theme. I don't think if they had gone with, let me rephrase. It's not that I don't think, I think if they had gone with a more modern, uh, horror theme, it would have guaranteed a faster sellout than going for something that's quite so niche in the genre. Um, And I think that's just the nature of the beast in that case. If you're going to be putting a niche theme up in Pinball's already niche marketplace, uh, it's going to have the possibility of having – some issues on the initial sales. And you can look at uh, like the Labyrinth machine. Some people would say Labyrinth is a niche, but I think it's nowhere near as niche as Texas Chainsaw Massacre, uh, which makes sense why Labyrinth uh, sold so fast.
1: Yeah. It's tough for me to say in the sense that, I mean, they're both, I don't know which is like more famous than the other in that, in that regard. So we're thinking niche in the sense of, do people know the license? Uh, you know? Question mark. If we're thinking niche in terms of if people ever seen the license, I mean, Labyrinth is a safer bet just because a lot of parents would never have let their kids watch Texas Chainsaw, right. and who wasn't going to let their kids watch Labyrinth, sort of thing. So, so you 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 end up with that sort of scenario as well. It's it's. I just think that especially hardcore horror like that. I you're right. They they could very well end up um, selling out of of both. They they're making less games now. Yeah. So, I was going in and reconfirming. So, Scooby was launched with 1969, 1969, and here it's a combined total of 1776 uh units 1776. So, given that they've scaled back by almost 200 units total, um it will be uh it will take less for them to sell out. I think that was probably a a smart move for them. The in terms of of pricing, the differences because uh, I was curious. I'm checking an old Pinball News article. So as we noted, the the three tiers uh, continue to exist, uh, and I said Looney Tunes in Texas are eighty three hundred as a standard edition. Uh, Scooby Doo was uh, was under seventy eight hundred, so it's a significant markup there. Bloodsuckers Scooby Doo was uh, under eight thousand eight hundred. So the Bloodsuckers is not much higher than it was for Scooby in this, because now it's 9,000. Right. And the Collectors on Scooby was 9,769, so under 9,800. Um, and this Collectors is actually cheaper. So this is really weird to that me. That is a weird. Like, like the Standard has gone up quite a bit uh, by a few hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bloodsuckers only up a little bit, and the Collectors dish is actually cheaper. So, <laughs> so that surprised me because I didn't. Yeah, there. that's in, that I, is I hadn't an interesting that. But, uh, but back to what your you know your thing on niche and stuff. Yeah, ultimately they could both sell out. Here's the thing for me: I think if they had made one thousand seven hundred seventy six Looney Tunes, they'd have sold them all out. And yes, they wouldn't if it was Texas. So why do two? Why not just do Looney?
0: I think it's because they're still have that horror Mm. core and that's their, their target. My assumption is when they designed, when this layout was designed, that it was designed around Texas with, uh, the Looney tunes as a sub theme to pad out the sales by doing the split like they did with Ultraman and, uh, Halloween with the difference being in that, in that split, Ultraman was the less well known, less popular of the choices, where in this split it's gonna be Texas that's the less well known, less of the choices.
1: Uh, and and that I think is the is the answer. And I think it is the I think it is the design approach. I think it's it's pretty clear looking at the toy placements and stuff and comparing the two games side by side that Texas was designed first and Looney Tunes was tacked on. Mm-hmm. Um and the case in point is the toy was the Tasmanian devil that spins around, spins way too slowly. Uh, I think that's the first thing that screams out to you. It doesn't spin like the Tasmanian devil does. It spins like a slow horror cre- guy right. with a chainsaw spins. And when you see the other game, you're like, oh, it makes so much more sense in terms of how it's integrated. Same with the, uh, I feel, with the ball lock, the physical ball lock in the back, it seems to make it's not that they didn't integrate it well in Looney Tunes. It's just when you see the Texas one, you're like, oh, this, this was envisioned with the Texas approach.
0: See, and that was all of my – that was my thoughts as well is that everything felt l- more settled on the Texas version than – like like it felt m- more sensical, like mm. it was specifically designed where everything else felt like a uh, – not a re-theme, but a just re – done to match what was on the other
1: i also would say that you know it's and this gets a little more subjective but like art wise i'm not enamored with either package but uh i you get to me i kind of get that halloween vibe with the art package to texas whereas with the looney tunes it does sort of feel like they mostly slapped the Tasmanian Devil around on some spots and then just threw a couple of Looney characters yeah. and it's just kind of there.
0: It felt flat to me. Mm. Like I like I don't know, but something about it felt flat. I mean it's colorful, it's it's eye catching, but it didn't feel quite as meshed or integrated on, on Looney, uh, in my mind. Also, the um I feel like the uh Orange coloring on a lot of the stu- uh, on a lot of the parts, the ramps and the habit trails and stuff, give make it feel weird.
1: Yeah, uh, that that's actually, and you're not the first person I've heard mention that. And actually, when I saw it, my initial unfair because, well, no, I'm fair. I'm no, I think, <laughs> I, I'm being fair. My initial reaction was, oh, did they get the surplus pots, parts from American Pinball's Hot Wheels game? <laughs> Because <laughs> those orange look like Hot Wheels tracks, right? Like these would be great ramps in Hot Wheels. I, I I just was a little surprised, but again, they do run with a lot of brown and orange in the art, so maybe that was the thought. Is like, yeah, it's like I mean, it's a common color palette to the Looney Tunes. It's yeah, just it's
0: nothing unusual. About they just it. didn't it just... remember that
1: the people remember Hot Wheels because it wasn't that long ago. Right. Like, it's not just Pepperidge Farm that remembers. We we all remember. So anyway, I thought I thought it was amusing, but anyway, yeah, I I think this will do pretty well for them. I. I don't think I think I think Texas struggles to make its full count sale wise. You could very well be right that they get there, but it ain't going to be fast. I don't think. I don't think they sell out by the end of the year on Texas. Maybe they do Looney though, given the count. Uh, you know, is is less than nine hundred of them. Uh, any other final thoughts you have on those?
0: No, I I think until we actually get our hands on them, we'll know then how they are but it it's definitely it was an interesting combination uh to learn about
1: okay all right, let's go to the topic that I do not want to talk about, but it is news, and uh, there's some tangential involvement uh, in the sense that there's a pin side thread where uh, I was mentioned a couple of times regarding some remarks I made on before this announcement happened on the pinball show, and I, I've not responded to that thread. I felt that it was trying to fish for uh, additional dramatic elements, and I am, I'm not really interested in providing them, though, of course, what comes out of this <laughs> might end up meeting that. Um uh, so let's do a quick nutshell summary uh, for folks, real quick. We actually did get an email from the Twippy uh, group uh, to our Eclectic Gamers Podcast at gmail.com address uh, regarding that they were making a change on some of their award categories. So, for those that don't recall, the way that the Twippies are a People's Choice Award that happens every year for the last few years uh, for pinball, and there's usually kind of a split into two classifications. There's stuff that kind of recognizes the pinball machines and the people who make them, and those I always as I recall I was called those. Those are usually like best like the this was the best art on a pinball machine of the right. best designer, uh, you know, best design, pinball design, best uh, rules of a pinball, you know. And then they have the favorites, which were mostly oriented around content creation and other Quote unquote hobbyist things like, or operator things like best location or favorite location, favorite podcast, favorite streamer, favorite writer. Uh, The categories have changed over the years. Um, Some of them,
0: at least. I was like, favorite convention.
1: Yeah, there you go. Favorite (laughs) convention. Um, So the email, uh, I believe it came on December 6th, said that several of the favorite award categories were going to be dropped for 2023, which that voting kicks off later this month. And they were all media-oriented ones. So specifically, elimination of the categories: favorite pinball streamer, new pinball streamer, pinball podcast, new pinball podcast, YouTube channel, pinball YouTube channel, excuse me, new pinball YouTube channel, and pinball website. Now, why is this dramatic? Well, okay. If you, if you know about the Twippies <laughs> and know how it's been over the years, it'll yeah. kind of make a little bit of sense. So Chris, who who hosts Canadis Pinball Podcast and has been the favorite podcast winner, I think, ever since the Twippies have existed. He's, 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 he's ever won, won every single time. Launched what I'll I'll generously describe as a series of complaints, calling out uh Colin, of the kineticist and Twip and the twip Twippy committee regarding the decision. Though most of the blame has been falling on Colin. So we kind of covered this on a on a past episode. The Kineticist and and Twip this week in pinball is Twip are merged now. So there's been like some sort of of acquisition-esque thing that happened. Now, the Twippies have a whole committee. Colin is now on that committee, but it consists of more people than just Colin. And they make the decisions regarding the operation and, you know, they they make the the Twippies go. Because uh, having won an award, run an award before, it takes a lot of work. It's not, it's not, especially big ones. It's not, that involve a lot of moving parts. It's not easy. So um, anyway, there had been conflict between Chris, podcast Chris and Colin, Kinesis Colin, for a while now. Really since that, it probably, I think actually predates that, that merger. But the volume has been turned up over the the last little bit because there have been changes that have been happening to the Twip website ever since it it came together. So, essentially, I I don't want to go into a bunch of it because it's just I <laughs> I it, this is so I I'm anyway, let me let me just finish the summary and then we can then then I can sigh to my size content. <laughs> All right. So, basically it, the nutshell on it is Chris was mad because his podcast was no longer listed in the promo- pinball promoter database. That wasn't an originally a part of Twip, but eventually got added. It's where people could go and review. Like we had, like people would review our pod. You might not have even known about it, but I'd people, heard about okay, it. And I know about people it. People would go in and like could do reviews there, and it had like streamers and all, all these prom- you know promoters in this mm-hmm. sort of database. And it had him and a bunch of. It wasn't comprehensive. I need to point this out. It, it was meant to be, but it was not comprehensive, and. And Chris's podcast got removed. He complained that he should be in the database. And ultimately what has happened is the whole database is gone. There is no promoter database, which personally I think is a great decision <laughs> because logistically, I don't think it was being maintained well. And, no. I, I, and it's such a huge project. I mean, I don't mean this as a net, like I like. Dang it, Will or whoever was doing it, you should have maintained it well. It's like, here's the problem with a thing like that. This is just—I know it's an aside, but we're, I'm going to go all over the place on this. Um, so, and I apologize to the listeners. Fast forward to, or hey, after I get done with this, a lot of you are probably not going to be listeners anymore, quite frankly. So I, you know, I understand. We you know, we can't all agree, and uh, and I'm going to get into that, but I'm going to try not to be like Scott on Loser Kid and get really angry. Uh, you probably didn't hear his episode. He when he is angry, Scott is it. angry. It's like me. He starts talking really fast, uh, and you can hear like that shaking rage. I get like that, but I'm, I'm gonna be chill, because I try and stay out of the stuff. You're a leaf on the wind. I, I'm, hopefully I don't die like that. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, well, but sorry, possible spoilers if you have any sense of what we were talking about. But anyway, <laughs> the problem was with promoters; they come and go, and they don't all they don't announce it. Most of them don't like is the streamer still around? Why is it in the database that they went away it's that's that sort of thing, and we had issues or we had heard issues like in the past the promoter database was being used by the twi- this is where it's where it's kind of quasi relevant for a while, but not always. The ballot for like choosing the favorites was using drop downs out of the promoter database because I'd heard about people that had become Quote unquote promoter, like streamers, and then they weren't in the database because no one knew da- or knew about them. <laughs> right. <laughs> great. You know, how great does that feel? Um, <laughs> but then they didn't get added and then no one could vote for them. And when they didn't find them, I mean, it was kind of like too late. And so, anyway, it, it had issues relying on it. I understood why they started doing it for the Twippies because write ins, when you've got like a thousand people voting, it's a, we did write in stuff for the Pinball Awards and we would just have like the last year uh where we did them it, we had oh gosh i don't know a couple hundred it was a pain because people don't know how to spell there. Some people are saying the name, like you'll hear people, uh, I'll give you a good case in point one. Like someone will say, will write in Joe Engelberth for, for podcasts. And it's like, okay, well, do you mean just another pinball podcast? Do you mean triple Jane podcast? Does Joel have something we don't know about <laughs> that's in between those two? Which
0: one? did you ca- know about how do you other count- podcasts? How do you count it?
1: Or do you throw it out for not saying the name of the podcast? You see, it's right. right. It's, How many so, different
0: ways can one person's so, name be so spelled? Anyway,
1: so the Twippy database was a way, uh, I don't know if it was created with the Twippies explicitly in mind, but it was a way to help kind of solve that issue logistically, because they have an unenviable task trying to count up ins. Holy crap, oh, yeah. is that a nightmare? So anyway, all right. So I'm starting to ramble. I apologize for that. But uh Tony has seen my I have really detailed notes in here, but we ain't reading all of them because it just gets uh it's a lot of it's just a lot of background. So anyway. So the conflict was already kind of there because of the removal of the database. However, the removal of the database does not implicitly change anything about the Twippies. Like the Twippy committee could go back to their old model without the database. In fact, that's what I assumed they would do when I heard there was no more database. So since then, though, this announcement came out uh, because the, I used the word toxic because I think that's a fair descriptor. There has been an antagonistic campaign about the stupid database thing that was turning up the volume. And in response to this, the TWIP committee has decided, let's just be done with these media categories and the Twippies, And they pulled the plug on it, which then, of course, increased the volume more. Now, I've not asked Colin explicitly with the kineticist about this other than I've seen him post online saying that, you know, since that announcement came out, it's been fairly hard on him because this is where I don't know for sure, but based off of that, I'm assuming he's getting harassed at this point. And I have a problem morally with that. And I have a problem with people who don't, but I would like your thoughts.
0: I think like you were saying They were using the database for the media section to ease it out because of the sheer enormity of the write-ins. And I think it makes sense to drop the whole thing if you're dropping the database. The reasons behind dropping one person or dropping the database doesn't matter in the end because they're their own company. They can do what they want. That's literally part of it. They're under no... Uh, obligation to maintain a database or maintain a voting system uh, for any person because of because you want it in they they're they're under no obligation to maintain a category in an award show they're under no they have no requirement to do the award show even uh, it, it's a lot of work it's a lot of effort and it's something they're choosing to do on their own so them dropping that stuff I it I don't care it doesn't make it doesn't affect me. Uh I can understand why they would do it um it's one of those things that I feel too many people have gotten too tightly wound into their into their own personal being uh the results of stuff like this, and maybe it's a good thing that it's gone
1: for a variety of reasons i think yeah I think you're right um the there have been a number of and I'm not, and I'm not talking about about Chris. There have been another a number of other content creators who have expressed that they're they're pretty upset about this decision. And I I agree with you. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people understand, even if they hate the decision, I think a lot of people do understand. This isn't an election. This isn't a public thing. This is twips. You can. And there are plenty of people are like mad that this upstart person who hasn't you know been in the hobby for twenty years or whatever has come in and gets to have influence and all of this stuff. But it's like none of it is really in a way of your concern. They chose to make an award. I remember the first year the Twippies happened and the vote was on Pensai and people were criticizing Jeff for creating the thing. I mean, it was. There's always look. There's always something. <laughs> there's always and, something. And we we had the saying when the pinball awards back when it was first the pinball industry awards. We took some guff, especially the first year. Like, why are you doing this? Why, we already have an awards thing. Why are you thinking? Why are you trying to undermine the twippy? And you know, and they get over it. Like by the second year, there was hardly any criticism. And it's just how it is. Here's the thing with the to the other content creators who. Let me go ahead and cover my TPS comments really quickly first. So on on the last the pinball show, I kind of threw out there as a I wished. That the pinball show just wasn't eligible, like wasn't in the list to win a twippy for podcasting as a favorite. I just I because I don't like to be associated with drama. I don't like talking about topics like this. It's not why I'm in the hobby. I'm also not in the hobby to win trophies. Now, someone on pin side when that that comment got brought up, I think the thought was that I had secret information, like I had seen some really nasty stuff that that was leading me to not want to be associated. I I see really nasty stuff every year that I don't talk about the drama. Uh, all this stuff all gets shared amongst a lot of the crew. Right. Now, all you all need to know, and I'm not linking the Pinside thread, but it, it, you can search it really easily and find it. And there are already posts on there now that weren't when my name was first brought up that have already shown you where Chris threatened to dox Colin's phone, cell phone number out. For me, that's reason enough. Oh, that's reason enough.
0: That is beyond reason. That is completely unacceptable. I have talked to enough friends who are in not necessarily pinball, but video games, streaming, uh, other hobbies, where they are out there and they put out a lot of content. And I have seen some of the messages and the sheer number of terrible things sent to people uh for every person who's like oh, it's telling someone how much they love their content and how much how they like watching their videos or or listening to their podcast you get people who are telling them that you're a terrible person and you need to kill yourself and and or if something bad happens, and they talk about something bad that happened, like losing a family member or something. There are people who who will literally send them messages saying, well, you deserve that, or you're a terrible person, or why would you talk about this? Because this is one of those things that I don't listen to you to hear about sad stuff. Your job here is to dance, monkey, and make me happy. So please put out something that makes me happy. And that's for the male members. The female people I have spoken with and that I have interacted with the stuff that they get in their inbox is so bad I won't even talk about it because it's rage-inducing to a point that it cranks my blood pressure. There's a reason that whenever we've had – done anything and I, I i've had had my like my daughter on or where she's talked about when she talked about pokemon or anything like that i refer to them just as my kids they don't have their names they don't have anything like that we carefully protect them in their own online endeavors just because of how horrible people are in stuff like that um, i have been uh, teamed up with my eldest daughter playing in overwatch one where she's made the mistake of saying something in voice chat and it coming out that she is a young sounding female and the sheer amount of crap that happened after that, the words that were said, the things that were said and the way people acted, it is one of those things that is just completely destructive of your faith in humanity And and completely destructive of your ability to think that there are good people out there. This is a reason why I agree completely with Dennis that there's a certain level of morality that needs to happen to keep people safe. Is people, are people's information out there? Yes. Is my information findable? Most definitely is my information findable. But there's a difference between it being findable and somebody going out there and intentionally putting it out while putting it out in such a way that you are raising the stakes and angering people and trying to get people to call and message and do terrible things. that, that That's a completely different level of uh, toxicity. It is just one of those things that Should not be acceptable in any way, shape, or form. Uh, just like we always attempt to be very clear, uh, and and we don't do things and we like that would have us sign NDAs. We don't do, uh, team ups. It just, that's a morality thing that that, that, that comes from us and how we see things and how we look. And when you're like talking about just awards in general, uh I am a member of a committee that oversees awards for something industry related in my field of work and one of the rules that I put in and I told them when they when when I went into that position that is a rule that I was doing because I'm morally bound by it is no groups in the industry that have direct connections to me will I allow to put in for the awards I will not because I said on the committee I, it's just, it's against my thought. Even, I won't even go, just, I won't even step out and let other people vote while I stay out of it because there's still a connection there and I don't feel that's correct. So, uh, it, it is just one of those things that I feel like is disgusting, uh, to the point of making you want to just not interact with people at all.
1: Yeah. The, I mean, and it's not like in this scenario. Uh, and again, you know, we we very rarely talk about talk about Chris with with the Canada show. I don't I don't consume his content. I probably quit listening around episode 100 was when I. So I used to listen, uh, and because a lot of people say, you know, if you don't like someone, just don't you know don't consume their stuff, which is which is fine. I mean, that's normally how I, how I that's do their the choice. I make. Uh, I
0: don't consume much of anything, and
1: so. But, uh, just real quick on terms of the of the tps comments when i made those comments this is every december that's why i don't want i didn't want to be associated with it. And i didn't honestly expect like twip to pull us from the thing make their life hard it's just kind of like you know i just kind of wish because i don't care about the trophy i don't i'd rather not be tied to any of the toxicity with it and someone on the Penn side thread had said well but to be fair dennis and zach were going to win the award so was it i mean who cares like what what he wants why does it even matter Kind of like, well, I mean, it's 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 kind of a fair point, but uh, I mean, I, bluntly, we probably would have been top three. So my name still, or at least my show's name, still gets stuck beside something that I I don't agree with. So I still think there's some relevance to it, but it ultimately, doesn't that's not the main thing. And in fact, we, you know, in this talk talking about toxicity and doxing, and as you know, like doxing isn't like social security number, like identity theft, taking people's information that can be found publicly. And then saying, you know, I sure wish this would happen. Here's a thing to get, you know, to connect with them. That's what doxing is about. Mm -hmm. And that's where things like swatting can happen. And here's the thing I I feel I I, I just, I really want to be blunt with people about, so they understand where I'm coming from. It's not Chris that I'm concerned about. It just takes one crazy and there's crazy in this hobby. Yeah, and I don't want to put words in people's mouth, but I, a, one, a former pinball podcaster who was podcasting before we even started, who does not pinball podcast anymore, had something like that happen, where they were concerned for their kids. That's what I worry about. So when I see people saying, "Well, maybe here's," and I'll, I'm going to quote, I'm going to quote what Chris wrote. This is on the on the pinside thread, I believe. This this one comment to is one of his original posts where he goes. Tomorrow I'll post his cell number. No more content until my achievements are reinstated. Is this bullying or me standing up for my 10 years of hard work? Well, in response to the query, it is bullying. So allow me to set that aside because that is exactly what it is. The whole thing is an intimidation tactic. You're trying to get people to harass someone so that you get your way. The word most people would probably use is blackmail. With stuff like that, but blackmail usually is the idea of exposing something that someone doesn't want to be made public. That this is more just harassment sort of thing. But this is not acceptable behavior, folks. And I I sympathize that some of you are are deeply entertained by the whatever Chris chooses to do with the show. And that's your right. And I but I do, I don't understand supporting this defending it, piling onto it, about a stupid piece of plastic on a corrupt voting system. And yes, and again, I'm not trying to call out the Twippy people. This is where, back to the topic of the other content creators who are upset about this, it's us for fun. This, it's people's choice, folks. It's dumb. It's designed to be dumb. It's corrupt by design. Most people's choice systems know this and lean into it for the lulls. Like, hey, if you vote on TikTok, talk every vote you give counts for 10. Come back each day and vote. That's well people's choice are because they can't control it. There's another example, again, from Chris that he he shared, I guess, to his uh, his Patreon people about saying how he wanted to get to 1,000 first place votes. And he said, so if you get just one other person to vote, we will easily get there. How is it, this is rhetorical. How is it a celebration of pinball to get people who don't play pinball to vote in a pinball contest, it's not. But it's not the Twippy Committee's fault. They can't control that. But it's—I find it laughable that people are like, "Oh, it's 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 wrong to buy votes. It's wrong to bot votes. But it's okay." I mean, you want to know what? If we let's take EGP, which I don't think was ever in the top ten ever since they started doing the writing. Oh, that's no way. Ever, so we're you know never we'd never win this, right? What if we put a call for votes? In our work newsletters, our organization-wide work newsletters, we have at our disposal with one percent. If only one percent did it, it's more than the total Twippy votes, I believe. Yeah, wouldn't surprise. From the last count, It it wouldn't surprise me. It's a joke. I, it's like
0: I mean, I, I mean, just just
1: anyone yeah. can win this within the rules. You just have you just have to. What what's the difference between uh, this is kind of a you know some something of a joke, but what's the difference between asking for a vote and buying a vote? One uh one costs you money and one costs you friends. <laughs> 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 so, no one well, likes I to be mean, asked for votes. That's, that's why we quit. You're right. We used to share the Twippy ballot the first few years, and we just, you know, we stopped because it was like, it's annoying. Yeah. And that was part of my TPS thing. was separate from this drama specifically. It's not even just been one podcaster. There have oh, been no, plenty of years are where are we've seen some who, who be it podcasting or remember when uh, TPF and their news, they start emailing us because we're on the, the list because we buy tickets every year to vote for them in the Twippies. I'm like- I'm not on your email list for this crap. It pisses me off. It's obnoxious. The whole season is obnoxious. So that's where that was coming right. from. When you
0: start running for yeah. your vote, when you it's like when running you, for dog you, catcher, yeah. what is when, this? When, when you when you start campaigning for the votes, it it, it gets it gets weird. Uh, I, and that's not even just this hobby. That's. Pretty much all hobbies, but also anything that involves online voting. That's how you end up with the Bodie McBoat face, or 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 Taylor. Yes,
1: Bodie. I forgot or, about or, Bodie. Or, or, or,
0: or Taylor Swift uh, uh, having a school for the deaf win a competition for her to play, uh, do a concert at their school. Or who was it? Pitbull who was running a thing to do a concert s- somewhere, and the place that won was like a town of three hundred people in Alaska. Mm. <laughs> Uh. i I, I mean it's just one of it's that's what happens with this kind of uh thing and honestly body book boatface and some of the other stuff i i understand why people did what they did from a humorous point of view but that's different than talking about stabbing somebody or or doxing somebody or we live in kansas and it wasn't that long ago that somebody was killed in a swatting call in Wichita mm-hmm. just a few years ago. Yeah. I mean, that happens. It's it, it's a thing that happens, and it's an issue that anybody who uh, has an online presence that has any real popularity has to worry about. Right. And I think supporting that in any way, shape, or form is not acceptable. I just, I think it's a a, a British phrase, but it, it seems
1: like a lot of you who are probably listening have lost the plot. I, I, I'm sorry, but I, you, you have allowed this notion, this fun, and I don't know if you. It's because you just like the trolley nature of of this, or if it, it feeds the ego of someone you enjoy, or if you just like to see the world burn. I, I don't, I don't really know, but it's i feel it is it's gone too far i feel it's bullying i feel those of you piling on are not either you're not thinking about where you're doing or you have in a twisted form of logic decided that it's justified and i really hope that you are not this way in real life because if so it's pretty sad and i'm just trying to, i'm trying to imagine people who who think it's okay to to bully and harass there, I'm sure there's a line, uh, but I, I can't see it. Is the problem that I have? And and maybe we were maybe we were wrong to not call out more of the bad behavior as it goes along. But like a lot of pinhead people, we just try and ignore the stuff that's stupid because we're not doing a podcast to get into these serious topics. It's <laughs> right. stupid gaming stuff. This is a <laughs> stupid podcast full of stupid gaming and. People say stupid things, including us. And the, in this instance, it's it's, got, it's gone too far, folks. This That you do not like Colin, you do not like the Twippy Committee, that you do not like the decision, oh, that's all fine. Yeah. If you, want to, if you feel you need to articulate that, that's absolutely fine. Always exercise critical thinking is what I ask of, of anyone. And maybe that's too much again, because this is just a stupid podcast where we talk about stupid topics on stupid things. That we
0: have to remember, and that I think the internet makes it hard to remember is that these are real people with real feelings. I think if you would not be willing to sit down across the table from this person and tell them the same thing you're telling them online, you probably shouldn't. And also, I think the thing that needs to be remembered is that all of these content creators, every single one of them, no matter your thoughts, is creating content because they enjoy it. At least they start that way. And then later on, maybe some people get big enough that they make enough money that then it becomes a job. But if you talk to a lot of them, when they've gotten to that point, the enjoyment's dead. Yeah. It, 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 it is a very real thing because then it's work. It's the same reason I've quit MMOs because mm-hmm. I, it was work. Uh, the reason that we're sitting here in episode 208 and going strong with no issues is it, because of Patreon is because (laughs) (laughs) we thank you. We thank you, Patreon. Uh, but no, really it's because this isn't the only thing in our lives. This is something we do for fun and it has always been, we've talked about it multiple times, uh, recently even about how this is something that it's basically just Dennis and I recording, the conversations that we would have normally in a slightly more organized fashion with less profanity and with much less profanity, uh, and also much less laughing and Hmm. smart Alec. Yeah. People don't like it when I laugh too much, they get annoyed, uh, and the like, but I mean, this is, we do this for us and we put it out there because, we wanted to and we get good feedback and a lot of you really enjoy it. And we have some great conversations and that is why we do this type of thing. Uh, like Dennis said earlier, it's not about winning awards. It's, it's not about, you know, becoming rich and and, and quitting our day jobs. It's not about anything more than that. We do it for ourselves. And it's one of those things that it hurts to know that somebody can be in this hobby and will just be like oh i i disagree with your thought on this pinball machine and i think you should kill yourself or i disagree with this and i i wish something horrible would happen to your family or i mean this is just the kind of thing that you see people online say oh you just have to ignore the haters and keep going and you're right you have to you have no choice in the matter uh, we're not, you don't give in and stop doing something because, you know, somebody says, says that you don't, you don't give in to threats. But at the same time, it's hard to continue forward when you see that stuff. And even if it's only one or two terrible, hateful, horrible things, it still affects you. Uh, and, and but at the same time, if you love, somebody's content. Make sure they know that you like their content. Send them a message that says because that helps balance out the horribleness that I can guarantee will happen and that they will be getting because that's how how we have to live in our day and age. And I feel like this is a problem that is plaguing not just this hobby. It plagues everything everywhere from people making art and posting it online uh, to people playing games uh, and streaming or travel people or whatever Uh, there, there there's a line that some people are extremely comfortable crossing. And I think it has to do with the anonymity, but it's, it is something I find very distressing. Yeah. And I, in this instance,
1: because you're, you're right, it's, it's cropping up all over and it's, it's, just something we'll probably have to live with online my 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 biggest concern I think that I I have and part of the reason why I felt aside from obviously this has been a, a big piece so it has been news is that I worry that not enough people are speaking against when they see it happen in front of them that and I don't think it's because they're bad people I think maybe they're jaded or something but they're but they're not thinking that as you noted like What's the psychological toll that this ends up having on people when you go in and you find out, you get all these emails all of a sudden, then you find out someone was mad that you made a decision on something that's in your, that, you know, that's yours, that you, you bought, you own, you manage, and they've decided to, uh, for the sport of it, uh, ruin your day or ruin your week, or maybe beyond their intention, something more serious happens because- there are some team, you know, there just there are just some disturbed individuals out there that hang on the words of people, and you might not even think about it or realize it. You'd think in pinball, who would ever do that, right? It's all just for fun, uh, until it's not. And I just feel like there's just not enough. I'm not asking people to agree with the decision of the of of the Twippy committee. I I don't care if you agree or you don't. I think honestly, most of you are so deeply not impacted by it that. You've weighed in at all was for the sport of it. And that's fine. But I would advise you to please consider the potential damage that you are doing to people psychologically, or if you're encouraging bad behavior to continue and just saying, eh, we expect this. Like this is supposed to be like it's I get it. Some people can take uh rage and turn it into cash. It's like a magical power. We see it in politics quite a bit. And so we see it here some too. And okay. Uh that's not my concern. My concern is the pe- the true believers who lap it up and might do something really destructive. And you know, I don't know what this hobby does when it picks up the pieces. They maybe just tell a bunch of jokes, but um I don't think it's funny. And I'm getting I'm getting real tired of people who are victimizing others playing the victim and people buying into it. So I'm telling you you guys are wrong, and I would advise you I can't make you do anything. I would advise you to try and do a little bit better. I'm not asking you to respect everyone, even just be polite about it at least a little bit to close that out uh do i do I agree with uh the decision of the twippy committee? The timing wasn't great. <laughs> I get why it happened when it did it, when it did. however, ultimately, yes, I do think these categories are doing more harm than good, and so I'm glad they've gone away. Uh, if someone really cares, I mean, they'll, there can be a new people's choice of work. I'm yeah, telling can you, start it. it's a nightmare amount of work if you want to do it legit. But honestly, if you're doing people's choice, no one will know if it's legit or not because the that whole model is so easily manipulated, but I've ranted about that for years. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, um, but I might actually attend the Twippies this year at TPF because just not because of any of the drama or any of that dropping these categories might mean it's finally under 2 hours. So, so there's that aspect that that I'm looking forward to. And I as our transition over into video games, I will note we just came out of watching the game awards are being well, me watching you uh researching. And just as a comparison, that's like the biggest Award in video games now is it like, is uh, ceremonial wise. And that's a it's a mixed model. They do it's a judging panel. They have a people's choice, they like have a couple people's choice awards, and they have a people's choice factor, which is so small that it can't actually influence anything. Uh, which is kind of like what we did with the pinball awards. It, it's basically as a tiebreaker, is how yep. it does have it does have the ability to influence, but it doesn't have the ability to override expert judges. Right. How do they handle content creation? Because one of my things has been we've been weird in pinball. Like It should be about celebrating the people who make the things we love, not people who talk about or stream the things we love, in my view. It should be about the people making the games, not the people talking about the people making the games or streaming the games or any of that other stuff. Not that what you do isn't valuable to people. The value you get is in the eyes of every child. Oh, wait, sorry. Okay. The value you get is with it was with every listener and every viewer that you have. That's your that's your the reinforcement. Game awards. They have one award for content creator. They do it in the pre-show mm-hmm. because it's so unimportant. They wedge it in just after they do all of the esports awards, which are also obviously in the pre-show because they're also unimportant. The one difference is the content creator gets to make like a little fifteen second speech because it was a VTuber, so they're VTuber did right. this. <laughs> Whereas the, the esports people don't even get to say anything, so they don't even hand the people the award. It's like all pre recorded and done, and just like done. They like get it in the mail. We could learn a lot in pinball from video games. Speaking of Tony, what do you got for us?
0: Since we've been talking about award shows, we're just going to continue talking about the awards. I mean,
1: people like to talk about awards. I, uh, even, even with all my objections to people's choice, I still enjoy talking about the Twippy results on
0: the games. Right. That's the only part that interests me. But So uh, we're actually going to talk about the Video Game Awards. But <laughs> yes. let's be honest. The Video Game Awards aren't really about the awards. They're about trailers. Not, you know, and, the, the, and game the, announcements. The official The Game Awards is
1: a, is a trailer extravaganza. So, and it's too long also. <laughs>
0: It's also too long. It's way too long. So I was just gonna go over uh fairly quickly some of the trailers that caught my eye specifically. Mm, okay. Um uh Pony Island two Panda Circus. I don't know if you've not heard of or played the original Pony I Island. I did not play it. It is an insane meta I I like fever dream of a game uh that came out what, like eight years ago? Uh, and, and it's short. It's cheap. If you like that kind of super crazy, surreal, um, very meta type thing, it could be for you. But the fact that they're making a sequel to, is hilarious to me. Uh, No Man's Sky's creators have a new game coming out, which will be interesting because they have actually made such a name for themselves by reviving the giant failure that was No Man's Sky. Uh, the, the popularity of No Man's Sky now is much higher than it was at launch. They've done a good job, and they're pretty well seen around uh, uh, video game circles for how they've supported that game. So the question is, is, will this game launch better than No Man's Sky? Have they learned their lessons? Uh, this one is called Light No Fire, and it's a, an adventure survival game in a procedurally generated fantasy world, and it's co-op. Mm-hmm. So they're going from no man's sky, which is, Hey, we're going to generate the entire universe, uh, uh, to light, no fire, which is based upon a planet, the size of earth. So, yes, it, it looked interesting. So, yeah, I, I thought so. Um, Exoborn post-apocalyptic, uh, extraction shooter yeah i mean
1: the division didn't click with people and that's right. done. And, and i don't know if this is going to either i i don't know
0: mm-hmm. i i it looked i i thought the art was in inter- or the art the the video the trailer was interesting but with how poorly the division ended up going over from having such a powerful original idea uh, i'll be interesting to see how this one turns out um there's a new Monster Hunter coming out. Yeah, Everybody nobody knows. cares. Nobody cares. Uh, now the interesting one, Visions of Mana. They're mm. putting out a new uh, Mana game for the. It's the first mainline game in fifteen years. Yeah.
1: Now that's a Square Square that's a Enix, square Enix, Enix game. and I I don't think I ever played it before. That I so.
0: played Secrets of Mana, mm. which was like in the early nineties uh but I've not played any of the other games but it was originally like a spin-off from the Final Fantasy type games it was like a different gaming style based off of them so but they're well regarded at least in Japan uh so we'll see how that goes uh Kojima has a horror game coming out
1: <sighs> can we can we can we briefly just briefly cuz i i mean talk about like It's getting, it's moved beyond like a meme too. It's just getting gross now. Like we, (sighs) Kojima is like there every year and he gets this ridiculous amount of stage time to do nothing and this was nothing this yeah. was like this was even worse than the very first reveal of death stranding when which he wasn't a very like, good which no. wasn't a good reveal
0: and he got like 10 plus minutes to talk about it yes
1: and it's like there's i mean there's running jokes about how the the jeff the host of the show is is so like in love with kojima and so kojima I mean, honestly it does when you watch it it's cringe yeah that's what the kids it, they say right it's cr- it's cringe he's totally fanboying out on stage with this guy and i'm like stop this thing's too long as it is i have seen
0: the running joke that the game awards were created so he could talk to kojima
1: And, and you'd think after 10 years of doing it he'd get tired of it because by my count at this point he's been on stage for over an hour and a half
0: and it's one of those things kojima is very much a cult of personality uh type creator uh A lot of people love him. And that's fine. And that's fine. There's nothing but wrong with that. This is uh, not the Kojima
1: just, Awards. It's the Game Awards. Right. And I'm just,
0: anyway, it's and, just. And the interesting thing is, is.
1: It's so dumb.
0: This The whole Kojima thing has gotten so big. There is an entire documentary about Kojima coming out in the spring mm. on like Disney Plus. Like an entire documentary about it. So we'll, it'll be interesting to see. Uh jurassic park survival
1: oh you didn't what did you think of the trailer for od though oh the trailer for od was just all people heard was me say this is all dumb and well it, it's because it, the trailer was just like actors uh talking into the camera and then a door opened and someone screamed that's, yeah, what it was.
0: It, that's what it was there was nothing there it was like just getting like it was like weird panic reaction like uh 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 Like saying the same phrase over again and over again in different ways, and it it was—it's the standard. Just ooh, that's weird. Oh, it's Kojima, so it's got to be something weird. Yeah,
1: yeah. As a weird teaser, okay, it does its job, but we didn't need anyone to go on stage to introduce
0: it, right? It's just that's Kojima, so typical Kojima. But Ah. yeah, Uh, Jurassic Park Survival uh, is set.
1: I just never thought I, I saw this and I just, okay, go on. Okay. Um, I'm sorry. Oh,
0: Jurassic Park survival. Once again, uh, is an interesting thing. It's a survival game. The survival games have gotten super popular lately. Uh, uh, but it is a survival game that takes place beginning the day after the end of the 1993 Jurassic Park movie. And it basically amounts to when they evacuated the Island, they forgot somebody, and you're that character. So you're now alone on the island. Okay. So the game,
1: it might be fun.
0: I it could be fun.
1: This trailer <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> was hilarious. This <laughs> this was the worst trailer of the show because of its hilarity. I mean, it's a matter of perspective. I mean, like the OD trailer was as dumb, right? As I noted, this trailer was like. If you were to take the what is it with South Park, the member berries. You take the member berries and you turn it into like a atropine shot and inject it <laughs> into the heart. That's all this trailer was is, oh, I'm the scientist who I was left behind. Now, set piece, set piece, set piece. Hey, look at her. Do the thing that Ian did with the flare. Hey, oh, look at her play with the thing the sign that the t-rex had just knocked down remember the sign you remember Barry's the sign it's all hey,
0: nostalgia let's
1: see her hide behind in the exact same spots the kids did in the kitchen when the raptors were going after them oh remember Barry that hey oh no she kicked the same ladle the kids made the noise with the Do you remember the y'all remember the ladle do you remember do you remember the thing that got nedry oh do you remember how cute of a sound it makes yeah, do you remember that hill he was on when he got spit on? She's on that hill with the same creature. You were, do you remember? <laughs> do you
0: remember? Do you remember love? No, I okay. only remember
1: berries. You remember berries. dinosaurs. This, uh Anyway, remember
0: berries. Remember berries. I'm done now.
1: You okay? Yes.
0: All right. It looks fun. It could. I. I don't. No. I don't know. I'm not really big on survival games. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see what the actual gameplay looks like.
1: I want her. I want to remember the part where she has to dig and find out if the T Rex's poop has poison berries in it. I just.
0: I just like the fact that they were. They decided to, to jump to the whole. Let's pretend all the other movies didn't happen. Mm. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I don't think
1: she's going to remember Barry holding her hand up in blue's face. I don't think that's going to happen.
0: <laughs> then you know, that's the ultimate weapon. You, you 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 click the fire button and she holds her hand up in a stop motion and everybody and it just dinosaurs stop. Mm. Um the makers of Deathloop and Dishonored 2 are kicking out a Marvel Blade game. That that could be
1: fun. I I've played the two Dishonored games. Mm-hmm. They I didn't like the art approach to them, but the gameplay was was pretty fun. But they're very stealth-oriented. And I don't know if Blade's going to – I'm hoping Blade doesn't take that same exact well, – that's actually my – as you know. Right. The way we play stealth games is with M16s.
0: Right. Because America. Right. You stealth by killing everybody because yes. you can't be spotted if everybody's dead. Exactly. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see how that one goes. I didn't see a whole lot.
1: That me, was the a- one where you know every year on the Game Awards there has to be like a a, a crazy person who has had to, too much to drink and this was the instance with the. The, the French guy who kicked at the camera like Crispin Glover on David Letterman <laughs> style and had this coat, and he's all like, I'm from France. And we're like, dude, we see your coat. You're definitely French because that thing is way too much style. <laughs> and he's just going around doing stuff. And then he just said every single stereotypical French phrase before he walked off. He like, Merci beaucoup, Merci vous plaît. Um, other French stuff. I don't know. I don't know French. So. Anyway, <laughs> baguette. Yeah, baguette. wee we <laughs> <Oui, oui>. escargot. <laughs> yeah, rattrapante.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, Skull and bones got a new release. I d-
1: yes date. It's got a real date with a day on it though. Now I mean, yeah,
0: sixteenth yeah. of the febs. Yeah, we'll see what if it actually happens
1: looks like sea of thieves <laughs> it's, just, it's just it's just like gritty sea of <laughs> gritty thieves, sea of thieves. gritty sea of thieves Thieves Re- without all the co-op silly with fun. three players instead of four grit mm-hmm. instead of cartoony
0: yeah we'll see that game has been promised for years yes. and years and years now, he, now here's was my most exciting announcement that i mm. saw world of goo 2 because I, you know the first one was a fun little physics puzzle I didn't game the first one uh so it, it's it's another pleasant little surprise to see a sequel because, again, it's been a decade or more since that game came out. Um, uh, Exodus is a sci-fi action RPG that looked interesting and apparently involves Matthew McConaughey somehow. Yeah,
1: I didn't. I couldn't identify exactly if he was I, voicing one of the characters in the trailer. I didn't though. recognize
0: his voice in the trailer at all. Yeah, so so I, it was weird because they but, had him introduce it, right? But nowhere in the trailer was anything that mm-hmm. made me feel like it was Matthew McConaughey. Okay, I thought maybe it was just me, but nope. I thought the same thing. I actually watched the trailer twice. I'm like, am I? Did I just? not notice his voice somehow did he change his voice that much i've never known matthew mcconaughey to be the voice changing chameleon that some actors are it's like is this um weird uh we'll see but it it looked like an interesting concept uh because it does deal with uh time dilation through Mm -hmm. sci-fi and and traveling uh faster than light Having a time dilation problem. So that that that's an interesting take. Uh Sega announced five games, all sequels to old Sega favorites. So jet set radio. Crazy Taxi, Shinobi, Golden Axe, and Streets of Rage are all so, getting the So sequels. they're all seen as
1: sequels, not not just uh I wasn't sure when I saw know, the trailers it, if, there's those if like they're those like remasters, like ground up like I, Capcom style remasters or what it sounded
0: like if they, they're it sounded like their new games set in those. Okay in that style okay, well,
1: and it may not given what those
0: games mostly were It probably isn't I mean, really yeah, relevant this, this crazy like, taxi did, yeah, really have like I'm trying a to thread. Think. of rage a
1: golden axe might have had quote-unquote stories i guess shinobi did too um the when i actually first saw this because it was all together as one trailer, yeah they just like one trailer that yeah, showed all of it i actually and this was this was i don't know what i was thinking i was clearly getting too late because this was not <laughs> this made no sense but i actually thought holy crap sega's announcing a console
0: <laughs> that and I'm like,
1: that's <laughs> really dumb. And then after it wasn't, I was like, I wasn't very smart to even have contemplated that as an answer. Who would do that? That <laughs> would be that would be very not smart. That sounds like something
0: Google would do. <laughs> yeah, mm, Stadia. Oh, Stadia.
1: <laughs> I remember someone one time they were upset that we were too hard on Stadia. See, as an example, yeah. people uh, they, ra- they wrote love, in to collectedgamerspodcast at, at gmail saying um could you guys quit being like i think they were worried that we were going to sink say uh sink stadia as like, our following not that large it's gonna no i mean tr- trust me that's sinking itself <laughs> all we're doing is watching
0: <laughs> we're just watching
1: what you should be asking is why don't you try and save it and the answer is because we don't go and save any companies that's not what we do here
0: <laughs> we're carpathia we just watch hmm uh there were a bunch of other trailers, but those were just some of the highlights that jumped out at me. Was there anything that I didn't mention that had jumped out at you?
1: No, I actually w- overall wasn't particularly. Nothing blew me away this year. It wasn't year. like last it year. Has been, there were last year there were, that, year, there were that, several that I got excited about. Nothing, nothing here really. Uh, you know, I found some of them were entertaining to me. Uh, I'd say Exodus is probably the one that feels like it has the most potential to me. Right, but. Again, I couldn't get a good feel for it from yeah. from what they had. It was so.
0: it's too early in the game development, but yeah. it, there was it did feel underwhelming compared mm. to previous yeah, years it was, trailer I extravaganza. Mean, there were still just as many, it was just oh, uh, yeah. no, none there of just it nothing jumped. none of
1: it really really worked for me. So yeah.
0: And then in no surprise to anybody, Baldur's Gate 3 got six awards. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one less than they got at the Golden yep. Joysticks. But they got game of the year, best performance, best RPG, best multiplayer, best community support, and they were fan-voted Player's Voice Award. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alan Wake 2 is the surprise to me because they yes. took home three awards, and I expected one at best. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they got best direction, best narrative, and best art direction. Uh, so I, I thought they might get best narrative. Yeah. But to have gotten all three was a surprise to me um nintendo took home best family game for mario wonder best action adventure for tears of the kingdom best sim strategy for pikmin 4 uh armored core 6 was best action game uh street fighter 6 was best fighting game and somehow cyberpunk 2077 got best ongoing game
1: yeah i i guess that the Idris Elba DLC has gone over extremely well, but my understanding is that that's the end of that game now. So yeah. they are done with it. So, I mean, so we'll, we'll, we'll see. it won't be ongoing again. So. It
0: won't be. So yeah, that was, that was definitely uh interesting bit. Uh, so coming out of the game awards and just general stuff. Uh, one thing I didn't have in the notes here, but I did see when I was going through stuff the other day is hairbrain schemes, which I've talked about in the past. Uh, the, they're, they put out a new stuff they were contracted for, for Lamplighter League and a new character and some expansion stuff before they go their separate way, split off after being decimated uh, here at the end of the year. Uh, but they have already gone out and said that they've been unable to acquire the licenses to do another Run game or another Battletech game. So uh, nobody really knows what's next for Harebrained Schemes. Um, Rockstar, on the other hand,
1: everyone knows what's next everyone them.
0: knows what's next for rockstar uh the gta 6 trailer was dropped early because it got leaked online mm-hmm. uh and it's set for a 2025 release and it looks like grand theft auto
1: i've always i've never gotten into the multiplayer but i've enjoyed every grand theft auto campaign yeah and i've played grand theft i i'm old i've played Even GTA One, I played all of them.
0: Oh, and the 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 top down view where you'd run over the people walking down the sidewalk and
1: I oh I do need a hedge. I was I well I have played. I believe I played all of them. I don't think I finished San Andreas. Yeah, I think I only tried it. So,
0: but no, I mean, I mean, it's probably my question isn't is GTA Six going to be a huge success? Because I'd be amazed if it wasn't. My question is. How many consoles was it going to come out on over the course of its lifetime before there's another GTA out? Because it's the GTA five has been out on three consoles now or three console generations. Yes. I should say it's been way more than three consoles, but it's three generations of consoles. Yep. So <laughs> that's a mystery. That yeah,
1: my first thought would be a lot,
0: uh, for just the most interesting little tidbit that came out of nowhere Uh, for me, considering how much I actually have followed it, uh, their operations overall Twitch is completely ending operations in South Korea. Wow. I did not know about this. They are shutting down their entire South Korea operations at the end of February due to the high cost of operating in the country. Uh, they are actively assisting their streamers, uh, in, that are based in South Korea to move to other streaming services that are still active in South Korea while keeping their viewers, trying to keep their viewership intact as much as possible with such a shift. Um, on the 27th of February, uh, all South Korean uh, streamers will lose their monetization and all active subscriptions to South Korean streamers will be ended. Uh, they will receive their final payout on March 16th. Uh, they've been having issues operating in South Korea and have been operating in South Korea at a significant loss. And they, they have stated that the fees in South Korea are 10 times more expensive than anywhere else in the world. And they have stressed to their other streamers that this is a unique situation to South Korea and that there should there there will be no issues like this with streamers anywhere else in the world to which i say uh i wouldn't trust that very far this is like this is the 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 full-time
1: streamer's worst nightmare this is what they all are afraid of that the platform will be will destroy them yes and it, this has got to be yeah, real bleak for those that were, I mean, yeah, if you're, if you're casual about it, you know, whatever, but, but it, I mean, this has come up uh yeah one of the subreddits i'm on because i do my youtube channel for watches is the youtube one where creators talk about stuff like that and one of the big like uh, some of the people who weigh in say that they're they're they make their entire living off of youtube and it's like you got to have a backup plan you got to be ready you got to know youtube could destroy you through something not not related to demonetization uh due to copyright infringement or legal or anything like that just like if they could at any point take this away, what are you gonna do? Because you can't even assume that you'll be able to transfer anything with you. Like you might have your videos, but your audience is gone. Right. And that and trying to help people navigate over. I mean, yeah, I'm sure Twitch is trying, but I mean they're not integrated into these other systems. They're all competition. So right.
0: that, yeah. And the sheer number of people that watch people on Twitch because they watch Twitch. And we've, we've seen that in the past when other streamers have left Twitch to go to Facebook gaming, YouTube gaming, uh, some of the other systems is that they have major drops in, uh, their viewerships. And so, yeah, that, that, that is just a devastating loss for the South Korean, uh, streamers. And like you said, that, that is a fear I've seen and spoke to many, uh, YouTube creators who have had issues between demonetization or um, getting to a point where their the algorithm doesn't really recommend them anywhere. So their viewership starts to stagnate no matter what they do uh, or they lose large amounts. It, it can just be destroyed at any time, like you said. So it's definitely uh, an interesting thing to happen in the ecosystem. And we'll see in the next few months how, uh, what if any response there are from twitch streamers i know with twitch's recent opening up to allow people to simulcast stream on other platforms um that could help some of these streamers uh, not the South Korean streamers. There's no way they had enough time to build up audiences elsewhere. But it could help other streamers for the next time something like this happens, uh, because we've seen time and time again how big of and how big of a monetary issue Twitch has been having lately.
1: So you whippersnappers listening to this show for whatever weird reason don't become a professional streamer your life will just be stress i know you sit there and you think oh wow i would love to get paid to play video games yeah so would everyone but it's not unlike other entrepreneurship you're because you're dependent on another entity for your platform mm-hmm. the biggest part you're actually subject to the whims of someone else far more than you would be starting your own small business so i advise against people like do it for fun but don't don't make a career out of it i it's i think Whenever I look at it and I see what all some of them do, especially the smaller ones, like three YouTube channels reposting, you know, slightly edited content, just desperate for ad clicks. I'm just like, that's no way to live. Right.
0: I know there's a, a, a YouTube channel that I uh, watch quite frequently that is uh, history based, and they've recently had a video where they've just flat come out and talked about uh, because they're 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 based in in historical events. There are certain events that they've been flat out told they they just can't even talk about. Mm-hmm. Um and the like they put out a couple videos on some of the events and they were instantly demonetized and they got notes that basically said, any more of these and we're just gonna kill your channel. Uh and they weren't even necessarily that recent of event. We're talking about events from the seventies and eighties, but just due to what they were about, uh, it's it's not allowed. Uh, because they'll just shut it down. Mm-hmm. So they have to, they, they flat out said that they specifically avoid large periods of times and especially more recent historical events, uh, that per- pertain to certain parts of the world because they can't talk about them because it risks the channel. So they talk about safer things from older periods and or just ignore certain like whole chunks of the the world as if there's no history there at all so um well
1: that was fun
0: that was fun that's great oh they're also ending the nintendo app oh okay i'm sure that affects three people Hmm. so uh bethesda (laughs) because they've not made enough money from skyrim
1: talking about things that have been on a lot of consoles (laughs) and everything else like my fridge
0: they are once again entering the paid mod Mm. category they're attempting the paid mod thing again Uh, it failed terribly last time Uh, this time they're re-entering the scene of paid mods Uh, they have loosened the rules Uh, one of the rules they had when they'd entered the mods originally uh, trying to do the whole paid mod thing was all the mods had to be lore friendly mm. so you couldn't have a mod that changed things so that it would affect the lore so you science yes. look laser right so you couldn't you couldn't mod <laughs> in an <laughs> M16 or <laughs> <laughs> or make your character be superman or whatever because that's not lore friendly
1: but we could mod in starfield to make it fun <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'll be honest, I am just waiting to the point where you find something in Starfield that lets you play the full game of Skyrim inside you know Starfield. What? It's probably there somewhere. And just it hasn't been found. No. Nope. That, that's the Easter egg. That's why Starfield's mm. install is so big, because it <laughs> also includes all of Skyrim. <laughs> so... um Capcom has also confirmed that they're going to continue doing Resident Evil remakes, as they should. What a shock. Because four was up for game of the yes. year and it's a bloody remake. Yep. Uh didn't win anything, but uh But it it was it was it was it, it, was oh, it looks there. good. It looks good. Uh but there is no word on what the next remake will be, because I think if they keep going, that it's like a toss-up between Code Veronica and Five. Yeah, my guess would be veronica
1: but i'm just i this is a blind guess blind guess
0: i would guess veronica just because as i recall five didn't go over well
1: it didn't uh but part of the problem was five was a co-op experience it was designed to be a co-op mm-hmm. experience now from this that they you they would that would be an interesting thing they need to decide are we keeping it as a co-op experience or are we going to change it to be a single player approach The I played I played it both ways. Right, it was super fun in co op. Single player, it felt clunky. But they have it. It would probably just being redone would probably just play better because of you know better AI companion performance and stuff. But uh, I actually really like. But five was my first, so I you know I have a soft spot for five. But having done it, uh, I did multiple playthroughs both ways, Mm -hmm. um, and and co op way better experience a lot of fun in co-op
0: i seem to recall we played at least some of it not all the way through Probably. but some of it co-op uh, yeah on one couch. of my world
1: of warcraft uh final fantasy 11 friends uh that's why i got my xbox 360 is he was like will you, will you pl- buy this and i don't <laughs> know if he said please i was gonna say please buy this Dennis. this and i was like i hadn't played console in years. i've been i was a pc gamer and i was like i haven't done console since ps1 i and he's like i need someone to play resident <laughs> evil with and you need to buy it I was getting tired of Warcraft, uh, so I was looking at to do something different anyway. Right. So I was like, you know what? Okay, fine. I'll do it. I remember, because I got that game, uh, and I got Bioshock, and Bioshock to date, I just remember, the game started, and it had been so long since I played, um, you know, I've been mostly doing MMOs on PC, and I it had been so long since I played a console game, you know, like Final Fantasy VII. When you had Final Fantasy VII, what what got me, made me want a PS1, because right. that was such a cool-looking game, and... The game Bioshock started, and you're you're in the water like after a plane crash. And I thought it was still a cutscene because it looked too good. And then I realized, oh, I can move around in this. And I think how how ugly that must be to me today. But oh yeah, it just it, it it was very very surprising. So anyway, enough of them member berries. So this ain't no Jurassic Park.
0: It's, so uh, I I didn't list them all, but it is December. I didn't mm. list any of them. I didn't write them down, but it is December. That means it is the time of layoffs in the video game industry. Yes. And it's like the
1: siding industry.
0: Yeah. It's just there are they're, – they're rampant across the board. Uh, multiple companies are doing layoffs of one level or another. A few companies have been shuttered. Uh, so it has been a kind of devastating uh, to those groups. Um, so – We'll see going normally January is the real worst for that. January, February, the start of the new, uh, quarter is where you see the most of those layoffs. We'll see if they're as bad as they were this year, uh, going in. And I want to just end on some fun notes. Uh, Baldur's gate threes developers in the course of winning all these awards have, uh, been releasing some fun statistics about the game, uh, that I found really interesting. I thought we'd share, uh, So far 452,556,984 hours of gameplay has happened. Uh, so that's, that's over 51,000 years worth of gameplay. Um, 15.9% 15.9% of that playtime has been in character creation. Mm. That equals 8,196 years worth of character creation. And you know what? That's true. I think I spent a half hour, 45 minutes in character creation when I made my first character. And I'm still on that playthrough. I haven't finished it yet. Uh, I'm getting closer. But but it, it, it definitely I uh, spent a lot of time in character creation. Uh, 1.3 million people have finished the game. Uh, 1.24 million people have been turned into a sentient wheel of cheese. Don't know how that happens. Mm. I ain't found that yet in the game, but (laughs) apparently it's something that could happen. Uh, so those are just some interesting numbers that they've dropped out there. Uh, just showing just how popular that game is. So once again, to the Patreon or the discord members who told me to get that game instead of Starfield when I took my vacation earlier this year, thank you. Uh, definitely made the correct choice. And the world agrees with you. And that's all I've got.
1: All right. Well, then the world agrees that we should end this episode. So if you want to reach out to us, you can email us at EclecticGamersPodcast at gmail.com. You can visit us at Facebook.com slash EclecticGamersPodcast. If you want to support the podcast with the dollars, and it can be as low as a dollar a month, that's over at Patreon.com slash Eclectic underscore Gamers.
0: We're available on Twitch and Instagram as Eclectic underscore. Yep. And we will be back
1: in a couple of weeks. Don't know. There'll be a ton of stuff usually right at the
0: end of the right year. At the end Not of the year. It's so much,
1: pretty. but, but we'll, we'll have something for sure to talk yeah. about. But at the bare minimum,
0: we, we'll, we'll find something to talk mm-hmm. about.
1: But until next time, my name is Dennis. I'm Tony. Goodbye. See you.